You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wild Show. I'll be your host tonight, Ali. You can follow me on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. And with me, as always, are my two amazing co-hosts. I'll start with you, Matt. You can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks, Ali. I've uh, surprisingly had a, a decent week on, uh, on fantasy football. Um, <laughs> three, five and one in, in the Warrior Bowl through to the last 32 in the FFCC and now one in my home league. So for a change, I'm, I'm quite happy about my uh, fantasy performance. <laughs> Get in. That's, yeah. It's good all round for the for the wild card with the Scott Fish going well for me. So well, that's it. see, I teed you up again, Ali. That's twice now. <laughs> like, I mean, can't call me a back there, can you? Because I, I teed you up other than <laughs> I love it, love it. And continue yeah. on the successful theme. We'll come to you next, Kev. You can uh, you can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. How are you doing tonight, Kev? Yeah, not bad. I had a pretty successful fantasy week. Um... I'm just still still a bit peed off that I lost the game by 0.15 points this week, and Ooh. no matter how many leagues I won in, it's just it's just bugging me. It, it would be um, an overtime game between the Steelers and the Seahawks, where before overtime I was ahead, and then then just just a few last little points um, sent me the other way. So uh, apart from that game, really good actually. Um, and you, you mentioned about. Teeing each other up, maybe a tea is something we might be talking about. Possibly, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so, on tonight's show, we're going to be recapping week six of the NFL season. Where we'll be highlighting some of the key players and talking points from this week's action, and then analysing them from a dynasty perspective. So, you've teed it up quite nicely. So, we'll come on to you first, Matt. Who's your pick? Yeah, well, it's no surprise after you two um, giving those subtle hints. It's uh, T Higgins that I thought we'd start the show with. Um, I think he's quite an interesting guy to talk about. And purely because I have no idea what I'm doing with him right now. So I, I want you two to, to give me some guidance because I'm really struggling. Um, started the season strong, 15 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards and two touchdowns in those first two games. Then obviously missed the two weeks due to the shoulder injury. And now in his last two weeks, he's had 13 targets with eight receptions, 76 yards and no touchdowns. So while the volume is it's not that much different, really, the production's obviously taken a drop over, over these last couple of weeks. Um, and I also saw an interesting tweet from Adam Leverton about the Bengals wide receiver target share. And, and that's when all three of these wide receivers have played. T Higgins has had 22.5%, Jamar Chase 217 and then Tyler Boyd 169 But then when you look at the... Average depth of target. Jamar Chase actually has 17.57 yards to T. Higgins, 8.82 yards, and Tyler Boyd's 5.72 yards. Um, so it, it's not like Higgins is, is not getting the targets. It's just that Chase, he's clear the, the deep threat and he, he's producing with those deep targets. So, um, yeah, it's becoming a, a real conundrum, I think, when it comes to these wide receivers. Um, Chase also leads in, in red zone targets with four compared to Higgins and Boyd's three. Um, but obviously, we know that, that Higgins missed those two games. So, you have to take that into account. Um, I think Higgins is still going to be the top target in the red zone. Obviously, like I say, the, the figures aren't too far apart. And that's with Higgins missing those two weeks. So, I do still think he's going to be the guy that, that Burrow targets in the red zone. Obviously, he's the bigger guy. Um, and he's proven that he can be productive in, in the red zone. Um I think the, the one thing that's becoming a bit of a concern with me, and Kev, you actually highlighted it to me before this week when I was talking about um, Joe Mixon, but it's the Bengals aren't throwing the ball as much as we anticipated this year. Um, if we just look back to last year, Burrow's pass attempts in the first six weeks of last year um, was 246 compared to just 174 this week uh, this year. So, as I say, that's taken a drop, and it's it's not what we expected with the, the strong start that Burrow made. Um, so, like I say, hence the, the volume may not be what we hope for Higgins, especially with, with Chase making a hot start to the season as well um, and with that connection to, to Borough LSU. So, as I say, a, a real conundrum. It's obviously disappointing because I was a big T Higgins fan and Ali, I know you were the same. We were both fuming when 
when Chase was selected by the Bengals. So <laughs> Kev, you're laughing because you, you like Chase. Well, I think we all like Chase, didn't we? We just, we just didn't yeah. want him to be on the Bengals. But my question back to you guys is, is what you're doing with Higgins and Dynasty. And this is my personal question to you because I need some I need some assistance. What are you doing with Higgins and Dynasty? Um, would you be looking to buy him after these back-to-back poor performances in fantasy or are you actually concerned moving forward with Higgins? Yeah, he's on that whole buy spectrum for me. I think if you've got him... With the the sort of dip in form, you you want to be holding him. You're not going to get a fair value for him. But I think he's still an interesting buy candidate for me. Um, if we just look at this season, wide receiver 57, he's uh, the wide receiver 42 in fantasy points per game. So um, he, he's not setting the world on fire. But um, I've said it before, it's not redraft, is it? We're playing for the long term, and it did show really well as a rookie. Um, you've teed it up really nicely, Matt, actually, <laughs> this next one. Um, <laughs> Joe Burrow, is a, he was a QB2 in volume last season. He's a QB24 in pass volume this season. So you'd like to think that will change. Um, it's encouraging for me with thinking about Teagans that Tyler Boyd struggled as well. It'd be more of a concern if both Chase and Boyd were ripping it up and yeah. uh, Teagans were struggling. Um, but we knew that Chase was a unicorn. He's already top five on the year. Uh, um, and I, I've, I, knew, I thought this would happen. I'm not going to say I knew this would happen. I nearly did. <laughs> but um, I thought this would happen where Chase would be the number one in redraft and dynasty. Um, so it's not it's not a surprise. But I do think there's still hope for Teagans. Um, the Bengals have had a, an interesting start the season, but they've got a tougher slate to finish the year, which I believe will lead to a, a greater pass volume. And hopefully we'll see that sort of swing back the other way and pre- present more opportunities for all the Bengals pass catchers. Um, I think in terms of if you're looking to trade uh, 40 Higgins, I guess in a rebuild, if you're a one and five team, a two and two and three to a two and fourteen type deal, I'd be looking to get off a guy like maybe Mike Evans. I think you could probably acquire straight up in a swap deal like that. A contender, I'm probably not going after Higgins just because I can't be convinced he's gonna turn it around this season just yet. Um, I think overall, I still really like him, but that ceiling is capped at a wide receiver two now for me. Yeah, summed up pretty well there, Kev. I was interested to get your perspective because <laughs> you've always been team chase throughout the process. So um, a hat's off to you a bit there, and I was just interested to see whether he was still a buy my candidate as you were you were so heavily on him but yeah personally I can't be too down on on T Higgins just after a couple of down games but I am a little concerned a bit like you Matt um I'm certainly not starting him with any sort of confidence right now in my lineups um but I'm still throwing him in there um and then in terms of terms of dynasty I think it just comes down to the T Higgins owners and their level of concern so he's he's on the the buy hold um for me as well um I personally can't think that there's too many managers wanting to trade him away just yet. Um, unless the, unless they get a contender this year, they're going for it all. And in which case um, he can be traded to a, or from a contender to a, to a rebuilding or retooling team uh, for a veteran who's performing well. So uh, as you mentioned, the target share is, is there, but it's just all the short stuff at the minute and losing out to Jamar Chase with the deep passes is really frustrating. Um, but then, his his success last season wasn't built off huge target numbers. He only had one game where he saw double-digit targets, and that's something that he's already seen this season. Um, he's actually slightly above targets per game than on last season, so it's probably what you wanted to see. But, um, but as you mentioned, it's, it's the passing volume as a whole that's, that's down, and, and quite a bit down, and they've obviously gone for that more balanced approach uh, with the running game. They're t- certainly taking less deep shots, and when they do, it all seems to go to Jamar Chase. So, so for my my Tahegan shares, and I've got quite a lot. Um, I'm just I'm holding, <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> um, but now I've got I've got no real concerns just yet. Um, but I would love to see him just down the field a little bit more, and then getting some more more red zone looks because when he is in the red zone, he's a fantastic red zone target. Um, so I hope we helped a little bit, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say I needed help, but I was never moving off to you again. We absolutely love him in the offseason. I like you've mentioned it with, with Chase. I, I am a bit surprised that he made such a hot start, not because of all that talk about the drops and stuff like that. It was just the, the thing that I mentioned in the offseason was the amount of time that he had off. Obviously, it was like 18 months, weren't it? After he, he sat out that final year in college. That was my, my only concern, really. 
it wasn't the drops, but yeah, he's he's got straight back into it, hasn't he? And he's, he's looked dominant. I think is he on he's on pace for I think the best rookie season ever. I think he's topping what mm-hmm. what Jefferson did, didn't he? In yards, so yeah, yeah, already, yeah. already yeah. top five. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. crazy, but it's, it's not just it, it's not just that. It's it's Tyler Boyd as well being being down. People were high on him coming into the season, so yeah. you've he's got to believe one that I'd be more concerned with. If, yeah, know, what you two think, but. I mean, Boyd's somebody that I was looking to get in those mid to later rounds as a guy that you thought in, in PPR leagues, especially. Um, is yeah. obviously looked looked good in previous years, but yeah, he's been a, a real disappointment this year. He has. And uh, we'll move on to the next pick and certainly someone that's not been the <laughs> disappointment. Uh, over to you, Kev. Who are you picking here? Yeah, I'm, I'm reluctantly talking about Mark Andrews. Um, so <laughs> I guess, first of all, I'd like to semi-apologise to our Good friend of the show, T Strack, who you can follow on Twitter at Best Ball UK NFL. Uh, check out all his good work, by the way. Um, he's super on all Ravens players. It's a coincidence that he's a Ravens fan. Um, <laughs> but I know us on the wild card, we've given Catfish Mark Andrews plenty of stick previously. Uh, but I do think it's time that we need to give him a bit of credit. Uh, and the Ravens took credit for the fast start they've had to the year. He's currently the Titan 2 on the year. So, smashing start to the season for him. I do think there are factors to this increase in production. The injuries to the key running backs, Dobbins, Gus Edwards, has led to an increased pass for you. There's also been an increase in overall snap percentage from previous years. He's been used closer to an every down tight end nowadays. And also, I feel like Lamar Jackson, he's took that step again. He's playing to up to a similar level to his 2019 MVP season. Uh, let's not forget, Andrews, he has finished the top six tight end the last two years, and he did have a 10-touchdown season in 2019. Um, I think the Ravens' pass offences look great. It's partly due to the struggles at running back, but you've also got to wonder if the return of rookie wide receiver Rashad Bateman will harm either Andrews or Hollywood Brown. I think either way, though, Andrews has made a great start to the year. He's gone for at least five receptions and 50 yards in the last five games, and now the touchdowns have started coming. So in my head, he's jumped back into consideration as my dynasty tight end for. So I just want to know what you guys think if, uh, there's guys like him, Kittle, Hawkinson around that tight end foreign dynasty. Which one of these would you want to own on your dynasty teams? Oh, it's such a great question. <laughs> it's also a horrible one. <laughs> um, personally, my answer is not going to bring Tom any happiness, but I don't think he's going to be he's going to be worried at all with Lamar and Mark Andrews absolutely dominating at the minute, and they they look very much like the Super Bowl contender. Um, but my answer might surprise you. It's probably probably still George Kittle, um, and this is why it's such a disgusting question. <laughs> but obviously, short term, he's he's going to be the worst of the three. Um, I've got Kittle in a couple of places, and it's uh, so so frustrating that with the injuries, they seem to be going on forever. Um, obviously, I think Andrews is going to score far more, more points this season out of the three. Um, but long term, I'm just going to choose. The guy that's on the biggest contract uh, on a team that I feel is going to be really good when when my guy Trey Lance has <laughs> finally found his feet. <laughs> but again, that's a bit of a question mark. But but certainly certainly he's really close between the three. Andrew's last four games: 109 yards, 67 yards, 147 yards, two touchdowns, and 68 yards, one touchdown. So we can't deny that's a fantastic run for a tight end. Um, and the fact is, I feel greater about all of these sort of higher end tight ends now with the, the fact that <clears throat> once you get past sort of tight end five or six, it, there's a massive drop off to the level that we're seeing in production. Um, but just going back to Mark, Mark Andrews, he's, he's always going to be that threat in the red zone. Uh, but as you mentioned, Kev, the, with Bateman now coming in, does the dynamic change between the three of them? We saw, I think he had a a, a sort of 22% target share, I think, already in, in game one, which is which is fantastic. Um, obviously, round one pick, so they want to get him involved. We've obviously got Hollywood Brown. He's been extremely productive so far. Um, and then Hawkinson, he got off to a really fast start, but he's, he's come back to earth with a bit of a bang. Um, I know that I love TJ Hawkinson, and uh, the trouble is I don't love the Lions' offense. Anyone apart from... DeAndre Swift, I'm finding really hard to put much stock into. Um, so I, I feel that after these three, that there's a bit of a, a tear break. Um, uh, sorry, there's a tear break after the top three. You've got Kelsey, Waller 
and Pitts is my top three. And then there's a, a tier break to these three. Um, these three are the next tier right now for me. And then I think you've got Noah Fant that's just able to break into that uh, this tier down the line. But at the minute, I'm picking George Kittle, but um, I'm not very happy about it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll just start by saying Andrews is definitely making his eaters words and uh, continues to, to be Lamar's favourite option and he's been productive in the red zone as well. Six targets, four receptions and two touchdowns. So you've got to be happy with, with Andrews, as much as it pains me to, to say after we slammed him all, <laughs> all off-season. But, but to answer your question, Kev, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going against the grain with, with my pick. I'm going for TJ Hawkinson for, for my selection. So going different to, to what Ali said. Um as we know, I was quite high on him during the, the off-season, and while he has had a couple of down games, he is overall still the tight end six. Tied second in targets on 44, and that's alongside Mark Andrews, and he is the top pass-catching option in this Detroit offense when they basically have no wide receivers to the at the moment. Um, it's just looking like Hawkinson and then Swift getting the catches out of the backfield. Um, I do know that the quarterback situation is obviously not ideal, is it? And it is going to lead to some inconsistency, but given the state that the the lines are in. I think he should see plenty of opportunity moving forward in in each game that he plays. We know that the the lines are going to have to throw the ball plenty to to stay in games, and he's going to get that volume. And like we always say with tight ends, if you're getting that volume, that's going to make you one of these these top tight ends in fantasy. Um, as for George Kittle, I, I'm losing my patience with him after another <laughs> after another injury yet again. I mean, there's no denying the talent, but feels like every year, doesn't it? We seem to be talking about the injuries and you're going to have to pay a high draft draft capital to, to get Kittle. And yet again, you, you're missing him in, in a few key games in the middle of the season. So yeah, Kittle's it's taken a bump down for me just, just because of those injuries. And as I know in a few leagues, it's frustrating me. But I think to be honest, when all of them are healthy, there's not much in them, I don't think, in terms of what they can produce on a given week as they're all arguably the top pass catching option in, in the respective offences. I think I just prefer Hawkinson long term. He's obviously the younger guy and I do think that Detroit turned this this team around and, and I think Hawkinson's going to continue to to improve while the, the offence improves. How about you, Kev? What's uh, what's your, your pick on those three? Yeah, I mean, first of all, whoever asks this question is very dirty. Um, to be honest, I'm going to do the audience no favours at all, and I'm going to say Mark Andrews. Um, which, obviously, it's really painful for me to say that, but I just think that out of the three, he's the one that's clearly got a bit of a track record with touchdowns. I know Hawkinson, it's, it's really hard to tell. He had half a season or a full season with Matt Stafford um, and got six touchdowns. Kittle's never really been a touchdown scorer. Um, I think it's very close. It, it's In my eyes, I think Lamar's the best QB out of the three. Um, Trey Lance could be that in time. But, um, but yeah, I think if, if I had to pick one right now, I'd be picking Mark Andrews just based on the touchdowns and um, that the QB situation. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we cleared that one up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just shows, though, doesn't it? Like after the top three, mm. it is kind of a mess, even though them they're in a tier of their own. Yeah, it's, like, it's been, like what Alice said. Yeah. I think there's them um, top three that this group, the next tier down. I think these are guys that you, you're okay having, but you don't want to be reaching for them, do you? In in your in your startup drafts and what have you. Mm. Um, but then beyond these guys, it's it is absolutely painful in here at tight end. No offense. <laughs> He'll get there one day. You wait till Aaron Rodgers is caught back. But we'll move on to uh, another generational quarterback. And Oof. I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence. Um, so nice. we know that the London games have just finished and for me, I thought they were two really entertaining games. Uh, the one on Sunday was particularly good, and I just wanted to bring up a guy who was a massive part of the the winning team. Um, first win in 20, I believe. And now I'm not talking about Matthew Wright, the kicker, although <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was some incredible kicks. Um, I want to yeah, talk about Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I've certainly not gone for a guy who had the biggest week in fantasy. It wasn't He wasn't even a quarterback one this week. He was sitting just outside, but... I think he's a rookie who's definitely heading in the right direction. Um, and I think he's someone that you're probably able to acquire for slightly less right now than 
at the start of the season with all the hype. The the Jags talk about the game. The Jags finally got their win in London. He's the first rookie quarterback to ever win in London, which is impressive. So, and he impressed me with his performance on Sunday: three hundred nineteen yards passing, and could have been quite a bit more had it not been for the drops by his receivers, especially Avisca Chanel. Um, only had the two rushing attempts for eleven yards, but then you look at the three weeks prior, he he averaged seven rushing attempts and he scored two rushing touchdowns. So that's something we love to see in our fantasy quarterbacks. His ninth in rushing yardage on the season, ahead of Kyler Murray, who we know is not rushing at all at the minute, oddly. Um, and he's stringing together some some much better performances, and I think he's going somewhat under the radar. Uh, the chemistry with with Marvin Jones is a is a bit of a thing of beauty at the minute that continues to produce, um, and I think it's a great time to go after Trevor Lawrence right now, heading into his bye week. Um, I'd love love to offer up someone like a Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, or a Derek Carr. Just see if you can get a deal done for for Trevor Lawrence, who I think is only going to get better and better from here. So, I think you're likely going to see his value rise, and he'll never be never be this cheap again. So, my question to you is. Where do you have Trevor Lawrence ranked among your your rookie quarterbacks in Dynasty right now? Yeah, I still have Trevor Lawrence at the top of the tree in, in regards to these rookie quarterbacks. I've, I've not moved any of them yet, to be honest. Um, Trevor Lawrence top, then Lance Fields in, in that top tier, and then Wilson in fourth and, and Matt Jones in fifth. I think it's still early days for these rookies, and all they've all shown that high potential, but at the same time, they've also shown these, these rookie struggles to start the season. Um, but like you mentioned, Ali, I think things are starting to now head in, in the right direction, especially for, for Trevor Lawrence. Um, he had seven touchdowns in those first three games compared to just one in the last three weeks. So that's already a sign that he's, he's looking more comfortable, feeling more comfortable in, as, as an NFL quarterback. And it's really encouraging to see. And then also, like you, you mentioned, he has shown that sneaky rushing upside that many overlooked with obviously the two athletic quarterbacks in Lance and Fields. In the same class, he's had 26 uh, carries, 121 yards and, and two touchdowns. So, like we always go on about with, with, with quarterbacks, if, if you've got a guy that can add some yards on the ground as well, it's, it always gives you that nice safe floor and, and it's always what you're, you're after in fantasy. So, that's been really encouraging to see as well. Um, I'd be looking to get any of these top three rookie quarterbacks, to be honest, if people are concerned with the, the early struggles that they've shown. I think... We all know, don't we? We can't expect these rookie quarterbacks to just come flying out of the gate all the time. It is a completely different game playing college football to, to stepping into the NFL. And it, it's going to take time for these guys to to adjust. And, and like I say, things are pointing in the right direction for, for Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I think he's, he's still somebody I'd be looking to, to acquire if possible. Yeah, just echoing what Matt says, really. I think he's the rookie QB won by default, really, based on the performance of... The other guys, uh, Fields has not looked impressive. Lance has flashed a bit, but we don't know if he's gonna gonna start this season. If you're gonna um, sadly go back to Jimmy G, uh, Zach Wilson up and down, Mac Jones again up and down. So I think, uh, like you said, rookies, it's too too early to overreact on rookies. I think we've got to give a bit more leeway to those sort of guys than than your veterans. And I think as well, I've also been really blessed with the past couple of years. We had Kyler Murray who scored a ton of fantasy points with his legs as a rookie and then Justin Herbert last season who it was really impressive he fell into a fantastic situation with all those quality weapons um on that team at the Chargers so um, I think as well Trevor Lawrence had a pretty tough slate to begin um teams like the Broncos Bengals Cardinals are all great versus the QB and he's also had a rough situation losing uh, what would have been one of his best weapons, Travis Etienne, and also uh, worldwide superstar wide receiver, DJ Jack. <laughs> uh, obviously a tough loss, but with Dynasty, like we know, long-term situations do change. Maybe long-term the Jags will get rid of uh, the chief finger blaster, Urban Meyer, and that will actually improve his value even more. Um, so, yeah, I think he's still my rookie QB one. I've not moved him at all. I think he's flashed with the rush usage, but I would like to see a little bit more of that. He did it in a couple of games where he got a touchdown, so more of that would be great. Uh, so he's not moved in my rookie rankings, uh, and he's not moved in my veteran rankings either. Has he changed in your veteran rankings at all? Has he gone above guys like Burrow? Was he there already? Not for me, no. He's just behind Burrow, I think. Um, as you mentioned, it's, it's too early to start moving rookie quarterbacks up and down. Um, 
that it has been pretty rough for for all of them to be honest um as you mentioned we were blessed last season with with Kyler and and Justin Herbert who who are really sort of top five or six dynasty quarterbacks now um but I think it's time for these to kick on and I think I think Trevor Lawrence is getting more comfortable to the to the offense um who knows what's going to happen with Urban Meyer uh, it's probably best to to leave um <laughs> but but who knows but I certainly know that Trevor Lawrence is his arrow is definitely pointing upwards. Agreed. And with that, we'll keep it on the theme of the, the Jaguars. We'll yeah. come to you, Matt. Yeah, sticking with the Jags, like I said, I've, I've gone for James Robinson for the next guy that I want to talk about. And God, I feel dirty talking about him. <laughs> um, as we know, I don't think any of us are really a big fan of, of James Robinson coming into the season. However, things did change once ETM was, was ruled out for the season due to injury. And in fairness, Robinson, he has made a really impressive start to the season. He did have to beat out Carlos Hyde in week one, which I found absolutely amusing that, that Hyde was out <laughs> snapping, out producing in Robinson. Um, but yeah, after a couple of weeks, it, it, Urban Meyer seems to have seen sense, and he's given James Robinson the ball plenty now, and he's, he's definitely he's definitely taking full advantage of that. In the last four games, he's had 68 carries for 388 yards and five touchdowns, and then added 11 receptions for, for 70 yards as well, averaging 5.5 yards per carry this season, which is which is really impressive for for Robinson. Um, finished 2020 as the RB seven, and he's. Currently on pace on pace for a similar finish is is the RB nine right now in in fantasy. So yeah, again producing. Um, I think he's going to be a rock solid uh, RB option for the rest of the season and and likely a weekly RB one option every given week. Just purely down to the fact he's, he's getting that usage and and he's producing with it. Um, so while I don't have any concerns short term, there's only as I mentioned Carlos Hyde behind him on the depth chart of anyone to note. Um, I think it's longer term when we need to start. Um, asking questions and, and thinking about um, Robinson and, and what's going to happen looking forward with this backfield. And, and that's going to be my question for you too. Like I said, I know we were all low on, on Robinson before the season um, and that was before the, the Travis Etienne injury. Um, do you think now he's playing his, his way into a larger role next year alongside Travis Etienne when he, when he comes back from the injury? Yeah, so, I mean, dynasty owners that held J-Rob uh, <laughs> before the draft into this season, they got lucky. Um, obviously, adding the first-round running back, the new regime, uh, the lack of draft capital, all of this, and then the injury to ETN. So, for me, it was wrong process, right outcome. Um, they don't deserve a pat on the back for <laughs> having James Robinson on the rosters. In fact, if you look on your in your dynasty leagues, probably the people with James Robinson are... Uh, not the greatest managers to be honest um throwing a bit of shade at people that have a high ownership percentage there i just have uh, to think that if i've got any shares i should have researched that shouldn't i no, thankfully i don't i can confirm i don't <laughs> i just think that he was a clear sell and if people have stuck by him if they've tried to sell him fair enough but if they've actively just kept him yeah they've got lucky but never mind um I could probably say that because I've got none of him, so I can, uh, <laughs> you know, throw a bit of shade. But, yeah, I think he's bossing it again, isn't he? It's, if he was a round two, round one draft capital, uh, the way I'd be talking about him is a lot different. Um, I think it's going to be a huge headache next off-season for the Jags. But all I can see is a split backfield, and that kills me as I own ETN in 33% of my leagues. And, no, I don't play in three leagues. <laughs> um <laughs> I think it'll be something like Chubb and Hunt, to be honest, although clearly not as good. Um, but despite this, uh, yeah, J-Rob's still not someone I'm buying into. If it does become a split backfield, I'd rather have the passing element, hence why I've always sort of favoured Kareem Hunt over uh, unique Chubb types. Yeah, I think much like Daryl Henderson for the Rams, I think he has to be forcing his way into the conversation, at least for more usage when ETN is back next season. He was... An absolute beast on Sunday. He really sparked the Jags into life with some explosive runs. Um, and, he's, and he's on one hell of a run at the minute. As you mentioned, five touchdowns in his last four games. He's really producing some high-end fantasy points at the minute. An average of 5.48 yards per carry this season, which is a fantastic number. Um, we all know how unpredictable Urban Meyer can be in a lot of aspects in his life. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but surely he, he has to see, even with an undrafted guy that, He's got he's got a proper NFL back on his hands, and 
who can really help the Jags win games this season and possibly into next season. So, but he's a funny one for Dynasty. The price tag would be far too high to try and trade for him right now, and no contenders ever going to be giving him up right now. Um, so, if you own him and you're not contending, um, my question to you is. What would you what do you guys want in return for Robinson right now? Would you take, say, a first round pick right now for him if you if you did own him? I think I would. If I if I weren't contending, I could get a first round pick. I think I'd definitely be doing that. But like you mentioned, he is in that that weird situation now. Whereas if if you are looking for a running back, do you really want to be giving up a, a first round pick to to get James Robinson? I mean, I know we we all like Travis Etienne, don't we? And I do think just just thinking about what we spoke about Travis Etienne, the connection that he has with with Trevor Lawrence as well, is going to be used in in this in this offense next year. It's going to be interesting to see how they they split the carries. But like Kev mentioned, is is going to be the passing option. And if James Robinson lose that that passing floor that he gets with those targets that he gets, that's when he becomes starts to become volatile potentially in in certain matchups, and that's where you start to be concerned long term for for Robinson. I think. Yeah, I'd definitely take first. I think an interesting question, I know you mentioned Daryl Henderson earlier on. I mean, who would you guys have, Henderson or Robinson? Because they're in a similar sort of vein, aren't they, where <laughs> this season they're going to shine, but next year they've got an injured running back coming back to sort of steal the thunder. I just thought that was an interesting I knew you were going there. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> uh, I, I'd personally rather... Daryl Henderson, myself. Um, I think obviously the draft capital is better. Uh, he's on a better offense all round. Um, Cam Akers has had a horrific injury, so he he might not be completely fresh for the start of next season. Um, it, I'd probably just just favour Daryl Henderson, but again, it's it's another horrible question. They're in the sort of same same tier for me. I don't even want to answer it to be honest. <laughs> It's, I'm just trying to think. It's because like, if you think about the the Rams' backfield, Sean McVay, he doesn't seem to be scared to, to have a, a workhorse, does he? So you have to question if Akers comes back, Does he, is he happy to give it all back to, to Akers? It's not very often that we see McVay having two running backs that, that produce at the same time. I mean, with Sonny Michel there, he's, he's getting occasional looks, but I mean, I can't compare Akers to, to Sony Michelle. Can as much as I love Sony Michelle, I can't, I can't compare them. But then, when you think about the Jags, that feels more like uh, Robinson going to be the, the tough runner, and then ETM being used um, as a pass catching option, putting him in the in the slot as well. I think there was, there was talks of him, him being used that way during the off scene as, as well. So then, that makes me start to think: Is Robinson going to get more more looks? That makes me maybe favour Robinson, but. I don't know, Kev. That, that, that was too hard a question for me to think on the spot of it and answer. Well, what, what, what are you going for, Kev? I know you're a massive ETM fan, so I feel like you might go Henderson. And we know you love for Henderson as well. So. Yeah, and the next player we're going to discuss is... Uh, no, um, <laughs> to be honest, I think it's a really tight question. Um, I'm a massive Henderson fan. I'm a massive ETM fan. So yeah. I guess just thinking on that logic, that bias, I would pick Henderson, but... I'm not totally thrilled. I do have quite a bit of Henderson, um, but it's kind of one where I can't really move off him right now because he's doing so well and um, in in a good way. He's, he's on teams that are actually doing pretty well for this season for me. So uh, I think if if we're, if we're on a struggling roster, I'd definitely change my tune. Yeah, certainly. These are both players that you want to try and sell as high as you can this season if you're not not contending. Um, because it is a bit of a bit of a murky situation going forward into into next season. Let's be honest, running back just in general, the positions it's just an absolute <laughs> headache. Isn't it when you, when you feel all good about yourself, you might get to the end of the season thinking I've got some really solid running backs, and then come draft time, come free agency, you're looking at an absolute mess on on your fantasy rosters. I know every year I go through the same process with running backs. So I absolutely love them in terms of fantasy. They're my favourite position when it comes to, to to fantasy football, but God, they give you an edit out of the during the off season. Maybe we'll see but, more of zero RB rosters next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After all these injuries. That's it. It's horrible when you're facing playing one of the two Browns running backs this this week on Thursday night. It's uh, it's not a good situation to be in, I tell you. <laughs> so with that we'll move on to uh, a guy that we might have uh, differing opinions on, shall we say. Come to you, Kev. 
Yeah, I think you're probably right on that, Ali. Just having a little scan ahead at the show notes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, a guy I want to discuss is Justin Jefferson. Um, I'm going to get a bit of pushback from you on this, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the second underperforming young stud wide receiver we're bringing up on this show. Um, I think that the sort of, it highlights a period of the season we're entering where we can start touting by low types rather than knee-jerk advice after one game. We've now had six weeks. Um, so we, we can talk about Jefferson as a potential by low type, I guess, because in in my eyes, I think he has underperformed slightly. Um, he's currently the wide receiver six on the season. Um, I often saw him going as a top five dynasty wide receiver, but I've also seen him go as high as number one in a couple of leagues. Uh, by all means, he's not having a terrible season at all, but it's below expectations based on where he was being taken. Uh, wide receiver six, it's, it's solid, but he's just not taking the leap that I would have expected having him potentially as high as wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Um, I don't think anybody is selling low on him. I do think it's an interesting time, though, to be going after him uh, aggressively as you can with the Vikings entering a bye week. Like much of the NFL in week seven, actually, there's a lot of quality teams on a bye week there. Um, I'm just thinking maybe if you've got a guy who's had the bye like Calvin Ridley and the Jefferson owner is desperate for a win this week, that's the sort of deal he could do. Um, obviously not straight up Ridley for Jefferson. No one's doing that. Um, plus you've got the, this on the back of a game where Adam Thielen bossed it. He was a wide receiver three on the week and KG Osborne outperformed Jefferson and scored that walk-off touchdown. So you could play a little bit on the vividness bias. So I think it's a perfect time to use a bit of mind games, a bit of trickery, uh, get in the Jefferson owner's head and Try and strike a deal with him. I do think it's a really interesting group at the top of the wide receiver rankings with risers like Lamb and Chase, falls like AJ Brown, and then just consistently elite guys in Tyreek and Devontae Adams. So just want to know after a slow start to you, where does Jefferson sit in your wide receiver dynasty rankings pushback incoming? <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue. Too, I'm not going to argue too much with you about. No, I'm just going to give, get him. <laughs> I'm going to give it. <laughs> I'm going to give a little a little pushback, uh, to say the least. Um, I'm not saying I totally disagree, um, because maybe you did have huge expectations for him to come in to take over the team's touchdowns to eat into Adam Thielen's stats, etc. Um, and he may not be dominating the touchdown department right now, but for me, I don't think he's disappointing any fantasy managers right now. Um, he's my dynasty wide receiver two, right behind Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill was all of our wide receiver ones coming into the season, and I personally can't find a way to shift him off right now. He's the wide receiver two on the season, only behind Cooper Cup, who's obviously playing at an extraordinary high level. Um, Jefferson's so he's wide receiver two moving ahead of. DK Metcalf, who, had, who was my preseason wide receiver too. I just think that Jefferson brings such a, a safe high floor. His fourth in receptions in the, in the NFL so far, and just this week he saw 14 targets. It just didn't transpire to, to fantasy points. Um, he's, he's sixth in terms of yardage with 542, and it's just the touchdowns haven't hit, just the three so far, and Adam Thielen's got five. But he's on pace to break his his yardage from last season, um, if it was a 16-game season. And this season, he's recorded games of 71 yards, 65, 118, 84, 124, and 80 yards. So it's an incredible level of consistency. Um, it's still only his second season. So I think he's, I personally think he's building nicely on top of his record-breaking rookie campaign. Um, he will probably become my dynasty wide receiver one in the not-too-distant future. So I'm obviously bullish on Jefferson. Um but I can totally get the frustration, especially seeing Adam Fielden get all the, the red zone success right now. Um, and if there are any uh, any managers out there that will give me Jefferson for my AJ Brown or Devontae Adams straight up, I'll be sure to snap the hands off right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you, Ali, in, in regards to, to my ranking of him. Um, I had him as my wide receiver three. And moved him above DK Metcalf like yourself and, and purely for the fact, as, as you mentioned, he seems to just have such a safe floor. Um, and then, Ali, you were too nice to Kev, so I'm definitely going to give him a bit of pushback here. And, and I don't, think it, 
I don't think it has been a disappointing start to the season for, for Jefferson at all. Um, when you're drafting that high in Dynasty, I think it's for a combination of reasons, not just for the 2021 production. He's only 22 years old. Um, he's got little competition for targets in this offense. There's only Adam Thielen, who's 31 years old, and he's a potential free agent this offseason. Um, I had him as my wide receiver seven in, in terms of redraft rankings, so looking at, at this year. Um, and he's the wide receiver six. So I think he's performing right about where I thought he would do in regards to this year. Um, I think it's hard not to be excited about him long term. Ali did briefly mention the, the red zone usage, but he's actually seen a, a big bump in that area against against Adam Thielen compared to, to last season, despite only having those those three touchdowns. In, in 2020, Adam Thielen had 23 targets. 17 receptions and, and 13 touchdowns, whereas Jefferson had 14 targets, eight receptions and, and four touchdowns. Um, but then if you just look at it this year, Adam Thielen's had four targets, four receptions for three touchdowns. And then Jefferson's actually had seven targets, six receptions and three touchdowns. So he's actually seen more targets and, and had more receptions. He's, he's, he's just tied with, with the touchdowns. So the fact he is getting that, that kind of looks and, and usage in the red zone i think you've got to be really excited coupling that up with the fact that, that he's, he's obviously putting up good yardage numbers each week as well um so yeah i think i think just looking at, at that it's hard not to get excited about about jefferson you, you've got to hope that there's there's going to be some more touchdowns coming and i do think there's going to be more touchdowns coming um I think everything's pointing towards that. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard to hold him back from being the dynasty wide receiver one, like you mentioned, Ellie. So here's one. Here's one, Kev. I know. You, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I know your love for Jamar Chase. Um, who who would you rather have in dynasty, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson right now? I mean, first of all, I'll just say my top two in dynasty is it's it's hill and adams um i did have jefferson slightly above adams for the little bit when rogers was potentially on his way out but i sort of play on two-year windows i just think that hill and adams i can't see any other wide receivers outscoring them over the next two years but then i think after that there's it's like a tier of three which is really interesting in my eyes it's it's jefferson it's um it's jamar chase and it's cd lamb um, you've got to think, Jamar Chase is already pacing Jefferson. He uh, outproduced him at a younger age in college. And, he, I mean, he's done it right from the start as a rookie. So, I mean, he, I'm not going to argue with anybody putting Jefferson above Chase. He's done it for a season and a bit. But Jamar Chase, uh, like, like Matt touched upon earlier, he, he was out of football last year. He's come, up, come into the league, hit the ground running. Uh, there's long-term stability at the QB position. Uh, I'm not going to argue with having Jamar Chase as number three um, in in my rankings. Oh, I just think he's amazing. Yeah, certainly an interesting. An interesting mm. one. If if you have if you have Jefferson and you could, I think you could get Chase plus a bit for Jefferson. I think everybody's so in love with, with Justin Jefferson at the minute. If you can get, Chase, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you're not, but I think if you had Jefferson, I think you could, I think you could quite easily trade him for Chase and, and get a little bit on top of that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you can do that, I think in in fantasy you, you can't get get too attached kind of to all these players. I mean, uh, we obviously love Jefferson. Me, well, me and Ali love Jefferson, but <laughs> I think if you can get a, a package and, and still bring in another elite wide receiver like Chase, then I think that's that's how you you win at fantasy. That's how you get that long term success in in dynasty exactly and that's why we have that's why we have tiers so if you have jeff jefferson and chase in the same tier and someone wants to to give you chase plus then you're silly not to do that deal if you've got them in the same tier so so yeah um moving on to uh another guy who you just mentioned there kev um Mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be cd lamb that i want to talk about um and continuing the theme of of young stud wide receivers uh, this is going to be all positive, though, this one, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, just to talk about the weekend. CeeDee Lamb, have an absolute day. He caught nine of 11 targets for 149 yards and two touchdowns, including that touchdown grab right at the end. And he waved to waved to Jalen Mills in the end zone, which was hilarious. Um, but, yeah, he did, he did lose his way slightly after a lightning-fast start in the first two games. Two disappointing games with... 
only eight total targets and just five grabs, um, but he's firmly back on track now. 17 targets, <clears throat> 13 catches, 233 yards and three touchdowns in his last two outings, which last back in the elite bracket, and that's exactly where he should be, really. Um, in dynasties, he's tied to top quarterback Dak Prescott, Prescott sorry, um, and, and these two, I think, can really dominate in the next few years. Uh, the only thing that's stopping him reaching the top two or three wide receiver this season is just that vast array of weapons that Dak has right now. You've obviously got Amari Cooper still there, the, the two tight ends. You've obviously got Zeke catching loads of balls and Pollard, who started on fire at the start of the season. And that's still without Michael Gallup, who's still to come back in the lineup. Um, I personally think CD Lamb is pretty much untouchable in Dynasty right now. I think you're going to have to give up something like three first round picks for him in, in that area, which is just an unreal amount for a wide receiver when there's so many good wide receiver options that will come for, for far less cost. Um, so yeah, the end of the season will be a really interesting one with the contract decisions to be made with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Um, we feel like they may likely only resign one of those. So if, if that was the case, then Lamb ceiling can really, really further improve and really reach that top tier. Um, yeah. So my question to you guys is, what do you guys think CD Lamb's price tag is right now in Dynasty? Yeah, I'll just start by saying that I agree. It's going to be so tough to acquire him in Dynasty right now. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you had to pay those free first to get him. And I, I will say that's something that I wouldn't be comfortable doing. Um, I also just want to say before I move on, I always find it funny when that kind of price tag gets mentioned for a player. I mean, who has that many first round picks that's in a position to compete? Um, the only way is if, if you are rebuilding, but then why would you give up three first round picks to get one player when you're a rebuilding team? I just I just, I just don't get that. But um, anyway, going back to your question, Ali, it was my wide receiver eight. During the preseason, I probably jumped him up a couple of spots from from that after his impressive uh, last game and and just being on this offense in general. Um, I think we're now at the point at the point where you have to start thinking: Is it worth giving up a guy like a Devonte Adams or maybe a Stefan Diggs to 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 get Lamb? Obviously, we know those guys are starting to creep up there in age, and and Lamb being that that young wide receiver. Um, like you mentioned, other situation, it's it's likely going to improve with one of Cooper or Gallup moving on. Um, I think it's hard to, to say that they're going to keep both of those guys. I, I definitely think one, if not potentially, maybe both of them leaving. Um, Dax looked absolutely unreal coming back from that injury. Looks just like his old self. Um, I was a little concerned that maybe it might not be himself after such a, a tough injury. But yeah, Dax being absolutely on fire. Um and just having a wide receiver tied to a guy like Dak Prescott long term, it's it's extremely exciting. And, and for fantasy, you, you can't not be excited to have a guy like that. Um, I think he's going to be a top fantasy wide receiver for, for a very long time. Yeah, CD Lamborghini in it is just so smooth. <laughs> it, honestly, it's like watching Stefan Diggs out there. Like, uh, it's great to watch. Um, three first round picks as a prize, I think. That's what you'll get touted. I think it's hilarious. Um, I want to know, do, do these monster trades really happen? Because I don't see them in leagues I'm in. Um, it's more likely to be a package, isn't it, where it's maybe lamb for a player and picks or something like that. But he's potentially emerging as Dak's number one wide receiver over Amari Cooper. Um, got to think as well, he's only played about 10 games with Dak Prescott now, 10 full games. With Prescott, so if, if you base it on that, he's still a rookie, really. But um, I think it's a fair question to be throwing him in that pot with Jefferson, with um, Jamar Chase, Diggs, etc. Um, it's definitely moved up in my rankings, but he's still a little bit behind those two guys uh, I mentioned at the top. So it's, it's just going to be interesting to see if, if Cooper stays, if that's going to be good or bad for him. A little bit like when Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones we was worried about how that would unfold. Uh, so what, what's your guys' thoughts? If you're a lamb owner, are you wanting Cooper to stay or would you prefer him to go and um, see how it works out? I'd, I'd personally love him to disappear. Um, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> if, I, if I'm the lamb owner, certainly. I, I've always thought that... Um, who's Oh, sorry, I forgot the name. Of the other, oh, Michael Gallup, sorry. He's, he's such an underrated player he's always performed when he's been in the lineup i'd love to see it be them too 
Uh, personally, I've got I've got quite a bit of Michael Gallup stashed away, and I think those two could be really good with with Dak. Um, I think he's obviously going to come a lot cheaper than Amari Cooper, who's going to want to have a big payday. Um, so you just got to hope that at least at least one of these gets moved on, and then um, CD Lamb will be touted. This it's going to go through the roof, isn't it? His values, the dynasty wide receiver one, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. So if you think his values are now, just wait until that news starts coming out that either Cooper or Gallup, especially <laughs> Cooper. I mean, if if we start hearing rumours that Cooper's gonna gonna be moved on, then Lamb, it's gonna be absolutely insane. And the amount of the amount of hype that Lamb's gonna get, and I mean, rightfully so, this offense it's 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 unreal, isn't it? Let's be honest. I think Dallas have been fantastic this year. I know. I had, little, I had a little. I had a little gamble yeah. on actually to, to win the Super Bowl. I had fifty quid on him, and I, I get like a grand back. So little gamble. Well, Ooh. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to our former co-host Rich, and, and he, gave me, he gave me a little push on, on on going for it. And yeah, I mean, they've, they've looked every part of it. I think they're definitely look like contenders, and and just having CD Lamb on that offense, it's it's exciting. Be nice here to win a bag of sand. It would. It would be very nice. <laughs> no, no, they'll not even make the playoffs no matter what, but um, we can live in hope. <laughs> oh, I'll have plenty of sympathy for you when um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knock you out. <laughs> knock them out of the <laughs> NFC Championship game. So this, is, this is the good thing, though, because I don't like the Cowboys. So, you see, if, if they don't do it, I've got that little thing to fall back on and say, well, I don't like him anyway, so it's fine. But, <laughs> but really, I'll, I'll, I'll be distraught if, if, they, if they get to see the ball and lose. <laughs> Right, so with that, we'll uh, we'll calm down a bit and we'll move on to the the weekly wildcard waivers section. Um, so this is where we're each going to highlight a guy that you should be looking to add from waivers in your dynasty leagues, and especially with the 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 deadly bye weeks, the week seven bye, um, and all the injuries. So come to you first, Matt. Who's your pick? Yeah, I've gone for Jarrett Patterson, the the running back from Washington. I mean, if you follow me during the off season, it's going to be no surprise that I've jumped at the opportunity to be able to talk about Patterson. Really liked him as a sleeper running back during the lead up to the draft. I actually had him as high as my RB eight pre draft, so really excited about him. Um, highly productive college career at Buffalo, just under three thousand nine hundred rushing yards and fifty two touchdowns in in thirty two games. I was I was super excited about him. Sadly, he went undrafted. And then he went and landed on the backfield uh, alongside one of the my favourite young running backs in Antonio Gibson. So absolutely crushed my my love for for Patterson, and you know I was I was distraught to see him go to to that backfield. But he did have a, a really impressive preseason. He rushed uh, twenty eight times for one hundred and ten yards and a touchdown, and then had a ten receptions for seventy yards. So really impressive preseason when obviously Gibson wasn't wasn't playing. Um, really took full advantage of that, but is is my waiver pickup because Antonio Gibson he still seems to be struggling with that shin injury this past week. I think he missed um, a large chunk, if not all, of the fourth quarter, I believe. So it seems to still be a real a real uh, issue for for Gibson, and there is that possibility that he could miss time either either in the immediate future or a little bit further down the line if it does continue to to linger. So it probably is a bit more of a, a stash selection. Um, rather than somebody that can can produce for you this week, but I think if you you keep an eye on the the Gibson situation, um, I think he's somebody you should be looking to grab now and, and just see how it how it develops in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, we touched on it. Earlier. I think it's a, a great way of a pickup. Um, a great suggestion, Matt. I think we touched on it earlier. The number of running back injuries uh, that it's it's leaning to backfields being more of a split backfield and more guys getting an opportunity to perform. Um, I think that in in time, it could be that running back to on this team, McKissick, he's 28 years old, he's off contract this season. Um, I can't see Patterson uh, sort of taking Gibson's spot in the team, but he can definitely be a, a part-time role player. We've seen with the Washington team, they've, they've used two backs to the Gibson owner's frustration previously. So I think... Patterson is going to be three uh, free to pick up. Is someone you can stick on your taxi squad with him being a rookie. Um, so yeah, I'm all about this. It's a great shout. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good shout for me as well. Um, I, I think if Gibson is to miss any time right now, it's most likely to be the JD McKissick show. Well, to be honest, it is the bloody JD McKissick <laughs> show anyway. <laughs> but enough about that stupid situation. Um, I, I did. I said earlier in the preseason on our 
preseason winners show that I like Jarrett Patterson as a as a stash and a pick up then. And if he's available in your leagues now, I'd certainly love stashing him, especially in deeper ben- if you've got deeper benches or or a taxi squad. Because um, I think he will get an opportunity at some stage, and and who knows, it may co- it may come sooner rather than later, especially with Gibson's injury woes. The thumbs up. So we're going to move on to you, Kev. We'll see if we get another thumbs up here. Who's your pick? <laughs> yeah, um, I almost went super chalky with Donovan Peoples Jones on this one after his two game breakout, but we know that the wildcard listeners are a smart bunch who already had tabs <laughs> on him. So if I go a little bit deeper, I'm actually going for a guy that hasn't played a single snap this year due to injury. Um, a guy that's seen a veteran at the same position traded this weekend. Um, and I know I'm a good friend of the show, Dynasty Island, he's a big fan of this chap. Uh, but I have got to say, I've also got him rostered in a few spots. So I'm not just copying what Rich Cullen says, <laughs> honestly. Um, so, yeah, the guy I want to talk about, it's none other than Philly Eagles tight end Tyree Jackson. Now, you may be familiar with the name as he was a QB prospect coming out in 2019. Uh, he's a super athletic guy. He's got an open depth chart with Zach Ertz traded to the Cardinals and Dallas got it. He's off contract after the season. Um, I do fully expect Goddard to be extended. But I also see Jackson in pole position to fit that tight end two role for a franchise that's traditionally used multiple tight ends in recent years. I think Guy is an athletic QB tight end convert. Uh, you guys will probably hate him though as you see you can see a clear comp between Jackson and Logan Thomas. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah <laughs> essentially Tyree Jackson is free, isn't he? He's not going to cost you anything. Uh, you probably should have been stashing him while he's been on IR, uh, but he's back now, and it's telling that he actually made the initial roster back in August. So my only caveat uh, picking up Tyree is that I don't think he fits every roster. It's likely that tight end three, four type for the short term, meaning he's only going to be a fit on a team where you've got a star tight end or a deep bench roster, such as a two tight end lead, because can't really guarantee any production this year from him it's just more of a stash longer term yeah i really like this pick it's a is a great free pickup for someone who should at least see the field when he returns from ir um he's the next man up now that Ertz has been traded away and as you mentioned the eagles they seem to really like him um, and you can see why he's a absolute mammoth of a bloke very athletic for his size not going to mention the logan thomas comp but <laughs> as you, as you mentioned, it he was a quarterback prospect, so who knows how they're going to use him going forward. Um, and all we do know is that opportunity knocks. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's your last chance to pick him up now without having to pay for him later down the line. Yeah, I'll agree. I really like the selection, despite that disgusting Logan Thomas comment. <laughs> uh, that, that really did put me off. But um, yeah, I am a, a Dallas Goddard truther, so I kind of hope it doesn't come to fruition. I hope that, that Goddard gets all those targets. But like you mentioned, Kev, um, Philly they use multiple tight ends, um, and he is the next guy up. So there's definitely a potential path to, to opportunity, and he is basically free. Um, so if you do have space to, to to pick him up, I think he's definitely worth considering just given the fact that the tight end position is such a mess. And who knows, you might have Jalen Hurt's successor on your, on your roster as a, as a tight end and you might step in as a quarterback. So yeah, you could be, could be super winning if he, if he becomes the quarterback. He's already a better QB. He's <laughs> <laughs> basically the same, you know, they're just athletic and run about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, Love it. Well, let's see if we can make it free from free. My wildcard waiver is Jamal Agnew. And for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and what I watched on Sunday was a was a real dynamic, talented wide receiver, what it looks like. It's, it's hard to believe he's only really been a, a return guy. Um, the most receptions he's had in the season is only, only 20. Uh, and he's over halfway there already over the last two weeks alone. He's had 13 targets, 11 catches for 119 yards. And Trevor Lawrence, he, he trusted him to keep moving the sticks on Sunday. And he, he certainly, to me, looked more composed and productive than LaVisca Chenault did, which is a massive pain. Um, he's, he's only rostered in 1% of leagues and he's personally only rostered in one of my dynasty leagues. So he's definitely a, a free pickup, especially for deeper leagues with with all the injuries and the bye weeks hitting. Um, himself being on a bye week this week, I think... If you've got space to pick him up, I think you pick him up now before people really look at him um, next week. Yeah, I've been really impressed by the, the last couple of games that he's played. He looks to have carved out a nice role 
um, in this offense after being such an impressive kick returner and with that explosiveness and shiftiness, he's, he's picking up plenty of yards after the catch. So yeah, he's looked he's looked really impressive and he's definitely somebody I'll be looking to target in in deeper leagues. Like you said, Ali, get that jump on on your league mates if they they overlook the fact that he is on on his bye this week. So yeah, I think a, another great selection. It gets a thumbs up from me as well. I think um, not a lot of people are known about Jamal Agnew until that uh, record tie, 109 yard missed field goal return <laughs> touchdown that he scored against the Cardinals. Um, but he's he's really been explosive the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's seen a, a role in this offense. It's probably tied in with the fact of DJ Chark's injury. Um, but he's really explosive. He's getting looks. Uh, he, he's a guy that I would have picked if you didn't, Ali. So. <laughs> um, he gets my seal of approval on this one, so yeah, he's uh, he's someone to add. And also, I just want to mention if you're playing them crazy leagues where you get return yardage as points, that's a yeah. sneaky way to sort of catch people out because it doesn't always show them uh, them numbers uh, <laughs> without looking a bit deeper. Yeah, great yeah. point. And he's a, he's a better wide receiver than DJ Chark anyway. <laughs> so with that, that, that brings us to the end of the show um, where we've discussed some of the key players and talking points from this week's action and while analysing them from a dynasty perspective. So is there any, any final thoughts on today's show? Come to you first, Matt. Yeah, I think we've mentioned some really interesting guys this week and, and for a variety of different reasons. Um, we're getting to that point now where we're building up the, the data. We've had six weeks worth of uh, of data come through. So we're starting to see the trends now and, and we can make more educated judgment on these these players on, on whether they're, they're overachieving, underachieving, or if they are actually just legit, legitimate studs. So that's, that's really exciting. And the bye weeks are here. Um, this week's going to be an absolute brutal one. <laughs> Steelers, the Bills, Chargers, Jags, Vikings, Cowboys all on the bye weeks. Um, now could be a great time to, to prey on these these contending teams if if they're looking for some depth, given given the fact that it's going to be such a, a crazy week. Um, or potentially sell, they might be looking to sell guys low to, to acquire some win-now pieces. So... Um, definitely think now's a good time to, to target any owners that, that have a number of these these guys that are on buys this week. Um, yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really comical week, to be honest. The, some of the potential matchups that we're going to see in fantasy, it, it's going to be laughable. And uh, I'm going to look forward to seeing people posting on Twitter uh, <laughs> some of the matchups that are coming up this week. Yeah, we've had a cracking show. We've highlighted several key players in Dynasty, young stud wide receivers. Uh, we've explain how they're so hard to come by and the cost a ton so it's just really highlighting it's better to pay up early in rookie drafts or their rookie season to get the best price see jamar chase's value was already skyrocketed after six games based on what you could have paid for him in a rookie draft a 105 maybe something like that would have got him in there um yeah week seven's gonna be carnage lots of amazing players missing from lineups this week uh quite funnily i've got a redraft team where all I drafted was people on a week seven bye. So <laughs> I've already lost this week. Um, but I'm just banking on that when the bye week roulette's coming round, Ali playing me full strength team. Uh, and it also ties in the fact that you've got, you got guys from Dallas, from the Chargers, uh, from the Steelers, pretty decent offences. So it, it wasn't all just a to try and wind the league up, honestly. Um, but, yeah, back to Dynasty. I just think if you're missing several starters this week and say after it, you're three and four, you're still well within touch and you've got to think that there's going to be more teams in your league that have got a lot more bye weeks to come. So don't be getting too disheartened if you do lose this week and you've got five or six players on a bye. Um, I've got to say, it's probably my favourite wildcard waivers section of all time. So, well done, lads. That's, that's made me smile. Uh, and also, if you've... Started your league zone six. Uh, I can confirm it's time to rebuild. <laughs> Good advice. And yeah, we're definitely seeing some trends starting to emerge. You have to now adjust your preseason rankings as after six weeks, you've got things that, that most likely changed and now they're gonna gonna continue, i.e. Dalton Schultz, Cooper Cup, they're gonna be top options at their position going forward. Um but but this next week, it's, it's definitely about survival, just based on the teams that are on by. Um, if you've built up plenty of depth on your roster, this is the time that you, your hard work is really going to start paying off. Um, but by now, you should work out if you are 
truly a contender or not. If not, keep an eye on the contenders who may be about some of their star players on these bye weeks. So see if any of the your players interest them to strike a deal. I think it's a great time to trade for picks if if you are rebuilding as people don't really look at them as holding much value right now with the draft season so far away. Um, and just finally, yeah, just really not looking forward to this week with <laughs> so, personally so many Chargers, Cowboys and Viking players in a lot of my team. So RIP to me. <laughs> Absolutely. It was Sorry. funny when Ke- Kev ran about 0-6 start rebuild. I think I'm rebuilding Scott Fishbowl because I've, <laughs> I've had a such a tough start in that. So yeah, if I can rebuild in that, that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Love it. So with that, thank you for tuning in and be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard and join us on our next show, which will drop on Tuesday, the 26th of October, where we're going to be recapping all the key talking points from week seven. So thank you once again. Have a good one and we'll see you soon. Bye. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.